Hi, I'm Neil. And I'm Ken. And we are from the Triviality Podcast, a pub trivia style game show where a lack of seriousness meets a little bit of knowledge. Join us each week for an hour-long game of general knowledge trivia featuring special guests from around the world, plus tons of extra themed episodes. If you want to improve your trivia game, or you just want to scream at us in your car when we get easy questions wrong, then we're the show for you. Find Triviality on all your favorite podcast apps. But you know that because you're already listening to a podcast. If you like this podcast, can we recommend another one? It's called Big Picture Science. You can hear it wherever you get your podcasts, and its name tells part of the story. The big picture questions and the most interesting research in science. Seth and I are the hosts. Seth is a scientist. I am Molly, and I'm a science journalist. And we talk to people smarter than us, and we have fun along the way. The show is called Big Picture Science, and as Seth said, you can hear it wherever you get your podcasts. What follows may not be suitable for all audiences. Listener discretion is advised. The world is full of stories. Stories of mysteries. Of curiosities. Of oddities. Join Kat and Jethro Gilligan-Toth for the strange, the bizarre, the unexpected as they lift the lid and cautiously peer inside the box of oddities. So, you know, I love you and stuff. Oh, jeez. But why do you wash dishes the way that you do? You wash them left-handed. What does that even mean? Well... What does that even mean? Okay, we've got a double bowl sink, (laughs) right? We've got... To right. a double sink. Yeah. And the drain board for the dishes to dry on, the dish rack, is, uh-huh. is on the left. Right. And you wash dishes in the left-hand sink mm-hmm. and then move them over to the right-hand sink right. to, to rinse them. And then you have to move them all the way back over, over the left-hand sink to the dish rack, which is on the left. You're washing dishes left-handed. Okay. It's um, just not very efficient in my mind. I love you. I, I just want to clarify. It's not efficient because I have to bring like a bowl or a plate over the left sink and into the dish rack? Yes. Henry Ford would be very disappointed in your assembly line theory. You know, I've got some things to say about Henry Ford. <laughs> If we want to, you know, talk about disappointments. Uh huh. Okay. Well, that's fair enough. But uh, I'll bet he didn't wash dishes backwards. It's not backwards. The dishes get washed in the left-hand sink. That's just the way that th- it happens, regardless of what side the drying board is on. It's just also not... I've never heard the term drying board. But thanks for introducing <laughs> that to me. You're welcome. God. Drain board, I guess, is probably what I should have said. Is that what you said? I don't know. I don't know if I said that or not. It seems I just, like a very county term. I just woke up and a nurse was taking care of me. <laughs> anyway, you want to go first this week? I would love that. Thank you for asking. Of course. I miss going first sometimes, you know? Yeah, usually it's me that goes first. <clears throat> yeah, probably you will go first. I think there's a pretty good chance of that. Yeah. Any whoozle. When Mark Mongiardo was in his second year of teaching, someone at school said he smelled like alcohol. And he was surprised because he hadn't been drinking at work and he didn't want to risk his job, obviously. Mm. But over the years, 
He several times heard comments about how he smelled like alcohol. And whenever someone like complained, he would get called to the principal's office, which is bad enough when you're a student. But when you're a teacher, (laughs) it's even worse. Yeah. It happened on and off over several years. Mark worked long hours, sometimes more than 12 a day, and he believed that it was exhaustion and changes in his behavior that were due to his long hours. Eventually, he switched jobs and became an athletic director. But just three weeks into his new position, Mark was pulled over by police and failed a field sobriety test. Okay. Even though he claimed he hadn't been drinking. Then, within six months, he was arrested again for driving while intoxicated. Oh, my God. These incidents led to felony charges, and he was put on administrative leave. Of course, because a school can't, you know. Right. That's just inexcusable. Mark exhibited all the signs of intoxication, from slurred speech to balance issues. Given the circumstances, it's understandable why people assumed he had a hidden struggle with alcohol. Well, he smells like alcohol. Right. He's slurring his speech. Mm -hmm. He's failed a couple of different sobriety tests. Mm -hmm. Why is there any question? Well, I assume at this point that you figured out because I'm telling you about it that that's not what's happening. Right. Right. Otherwise, this would be a really boring oddity. Right. Just like, turns out Mark has a problem. (laughs) The end. The end. No. Mark has auto brewery syndrome or ABS. Auto brewery syndrome? Yes also known as gut fermentation syndrome or androgynous ethanol fermentation. Holy crap. It is a rare medical condition in which the body produces excessive amounts of ethanol internally. Also, can you hear this wild wind? Yeah, the wind just came up here. Wow. Oh, is she spooky and I like it. Blue does not like it. No. Autobrewery syndrome is characterized by the fermentation of ingested carbohydrates in the gastrointestinal tract, resulting in the production of alcohol. Honest to goodness, is a goosebumps story happening outside? (laughs) What is this? In individuals with autobrewery syndrome, certain types of yeast or bacteria in the gut convert sugars and carbohydrates into ethanol through a process called fermentation. And the fermentation process typically occurs in the stomach or small intestine. And as a result, alcohol is produced inside the body. It's like a brewery is going on inside your tummy tum. And this makes you drunk? Yeah, there's alcohol in your body. Wow. I've never heard of this. It, it doesn't seem like it would be a very convenient um, thing to have. No. <laughs> I mean, you'd save on beer prices, sure. but, you know, felony arrest. There is that. So with this, it leads to elevated blood alcohol levels without having consumed alcohol. The exact cause of autobrewery syndrome is not entirely understood, but it has been associated with factors like an overgrowth of yeast or bacteria in the gut, like candida maybe, um, imbalances in the gut microbiome, or a disruption in the normal digestive process. Certain medical conditions like diabetes, obesity, and gastrointestinal disorders have been linked to an increased risk of developing ABS. So does this happen all of the time is 
are you like drunk constantly? It depends on what triggers it in your body. Hmm. And for a lot of people, it's eating carbs. Okay, that makes sense. Yeah. So I'd be like, what? Eat a lot of corn and make me some bourbon, bitch. <laughs> yeah, it's hard to find bourbon here. The symptoms of autobrewery syndrome can vary from person to person. Some common signs include just like a chronic fatigue and brain fog because you're just a little bit drunk all the time. Mm. Difficulty concentrating, I get it, and mental fogginess. General intoxication symptoms, dizziness, impaired coordination, slurred speech, confusion, and changes in behavior. Of course, the obvious elevated blood alcohol levels. And digestive problems like bloating, diarrhea, and discomfort. Well, of course, because there's a keg in your body. <laughs> Talk about a beer belly. Oh, I didn't even think about that. That's so obvious. obvious and I really, I really failed. I'm really disappointed. The only time I've been more disappointed in you, you know what? was when you were doing the dishes Let's, left-handed. Maybe you should do them. I do. And I oh, do them really? the proper way. Do you do them? I do. I've never seen you do them. Why are you lying like this? Because now you're being mean about how I do dishes. <laughs> it's not true. You do dishes frequently. <clears throat> Sometimes we do dishes together, yeah. in which case we should switch sides because I am left-handed. Right, right. So I can see why it would be a problem if you did help me. <laughs> well, now I'm just not going to help anymore. Problem solved. Gut fermentation syndrome was first described in Japan in 1952, and it was only formally named in 1990. Since its first documented case, it's been reported in only a small number of patients. Less than 100 cases are reported worldwide. Now, while autobrewery syndrome is rarely diagnosed, it's probably underdiagnosed because it's so rare and people don't know to look for it, and it could be diagnosed as other things. There have even been rarer cases, too, of autobrewery syndrome identified, one inside an oral cavity. Oh, that's very disturbing. Isn't that upsetting? And one in the urinary bladder, hmm. which I, I don't even understand how that might work. So you'd be creating beer in your urinary tract area. Yeah. And that's how we get American beer. Stop. <laughs> Diagnosing auto <laughs> brewery syndrome can be challenging, as I said, because it's a rare condition. But medical professionals may conduct various tests, including blood alcohol level measurements, breathalyzer tests. You sound like you've had a couple. I know. <laughs> I don't know what's wrong with me today. <laughs> and glucose tolerance tests that will help them diagnose. In Mark's case, the doctor ran a glucose challenge test to see if he had the condition. And while fasting, his blood alcohol concentration was zero, uh -huh. you know, considered completely sober. And then as he had a delicious sugary beverage his blood alcohol content steadily increased. And within the first hour, he was at 0.14%. Wow. The doctor was shaking his head. He said, your BAC level went through the roof. You absolutely have autobrewery syndrome. It's fascinating. It really is. And it's also, in his case, saving his ass because Mark had to like move out of his house and his family had to move in with his in-laws because he had lost his job. That, but that now bites. he's got a doctor's note. Yeah, 
I was going to ask, do you get a little special, uh, special little ID card that says, uh, I'm, I'm drunk, but it's okay? <laughs> My dad had a friend that talked so slowly that he twice got pegged for drunk driving. <laughs> oh, no. But it was just because he was such a slow talker, they didn't believe that he wasn't drunk. And that's surprising because in Maine, everybody talks so slowly. Especially the older generation of Mainers. I used to love going to the little corner store where we lived in uh, Glenburn, Maine, because all of the old guys would gather there for donuts and coffee mm -hmm. in the morning. Mm -hmm. And you'd hear the same stories over and over. Oh, yeah. And over again. <clears throat> so, Dickie, did I ever tell you about the time the deer broke into my house? And everybody goes, yes. I had to fight him off with a spatula. My kitchen, just lurking in my kitchen. <laughs> I used to work at a convenience store. Well, I worked at that convenience store, but I worked at a different convenience store, and we had a regular named Smiley, who one time came in after mucking stalls, and I had just mopped the floor, and his boots were covered in <laughs> shit. And I was <laughs> like, Liter Smiley, literal, literal get shit. out of this store immediately. <laughs> You, you yelled at Smiley. I did. I made him take his boots off. Well, I don't blame you there. Outrageous. He was a good shit, though. Anyway. So were his boots. <laughs> or they were just covered in it. Barry Logan, the executive director of the Center for Forensic Science Research and Education in Philadelphia, said, We all produce small amounts of alcohol from fermentation, but in most individuals, the levels are far too small to be measured. And normally any fermentation that occurs in the gut is removed before it can get to the bloodstream. I didn't have any idea. Is that why we fart? I don't think so. I'm just wondering. If someone has ABS, he said, they would have to be producing alcohol at a rate which exceeds what can be removed in what's called the first pass. Treatment for autobrewery syndrome involves managing the underlying factors contributing to the condition, and that usually includes dietary modifications, like reducing carbohydrates, avoiding foods that promote fermentation, and incorporating probiotics or certain antifungal medications to rebalance the gut microbiome. In some cases, a keto diet could be recommended to minimize the production of ethanol in the body. It is a rare condition, and further research is needed to fully understand all of its factors, causes, risks, and treatment options. But if you suspect that you have ABS, it is crucial to consult a healthcare professional because this can fuck your shit up. I mean, that's not the technical term for it, <laughs> but it's true. How scary would that be for no one to believe that you haven't been drinking and mm. you, like your family doesn't believe you Yeah, because you smell like booze and you're acting drunk. Come on. But you said this is incredibly rare, though. Like, it is. Like 100 cases that have been diagnosed. So at least the odds are that uh, you don't have it. But if you think you do, it's it's. It's important to follow up. And we talked about alpha-gal syndrome. Right. The, the tick slash meat thing. Yeah. And we had listeners who have dealt with that. That is an extremely rare condition as well. And we had, I can think of at least two people mm -hmm. who wrote to us and said that they had never heard of it, but recognized the symptoms and went to their physician and were diagnosed with right. it because that's, they heard your story. That's crazy. That's why I want to talk about this, because this is serious. 
I got my information from the National Library of Medicine, Alcohol.com, American Journal of Gastroenterology, the BBC, (laughs) and Mark's story came from Today.com. That's fascinating. This message is sponsored by Greenlight. You know, as your kids get older, there are some things about parenting that gets easier. I remember once hearing my sister tell my little niece, if you put your pants on, I'll give you some Fresca. And when kids can start to reason that they get something, if they do something right, it's a lot easier to manage them. Having that conversation about money with your kids, that's not the easiest thing in the world. Fact is, kids won't really know how to manage their money until they're actually in charge of it. And that's where Greenlight can help. Greenlight is a debit card and money app made just for families. Parents can send money to their kids and keep an eye on the kids' spending and savings. While kids and teens build money confidence and lifelong financial literacy skills. Your kids will learn how to save, invest, and spend wisely thanks to the games that teach kids skills in a fun, accessible way. When I was a kid, I had expected chores, and then I had bonus chores. And bonus chores were where I earned money. And so if you're thinking like, hey, my kids should be doing stuff around the house. Yeah, no, you're not wrong. But maybe there's extra ways that they can learn how to be a successful financial money person. What was one of the bonus chores that you had to do? (sighs) Rub my mom's feet. And what did that pay? I don't know, like a quarter or something. Millions of parents and kids are learning about money on Greenlight. It's the easy, convenient way for parents to raise financially smart kids and families to navigate their life together. Sign up for Greenlight today and get your first month free when you go to greenlight.com slash oddities. That's greenlight.com slash oddities to try Greenlight for free. Greenlight.com slash oddities. I've got to tell you, the longer we've had our aura frame, the more I love it. I have kids and they live about 3,000 miles away and my daughter is expecting a child and she has been sending me updates on her baby bump through the aura frame. And since I can't be there to experience it with her, it's the next best thing. And speaking of mothers, if you're looking for the perfect gift to celebrate your mom in your life, Aura Frames are beautiful Wi-Fi connected digital picture frames. It allows you to share and display unlimited photos. It's super easy to upload and super easy to share photos with the Aura app. And here's the thing, if you're giving Aura as a gift, you can even personalize the frame with preloaded photos and memories. We love Aura Frames and living so far away from family, thanks to Aura, it's the next best thing. It's like, it's like almost being there. And right now, Aura has a great deal for Mother's Day. Box of Oddities freaks can save on the perfect gift by visiting AuraFrames.com to get $30 off, plus free shipping on their best-selling frame. That's A-U-R-A frames.com. Use code Oddities at checkout to save. That's A-U-R-A frames.com and use code Oddities at checkout, and you will save. Thanks, Aura Frames, for bringing my family a little bit closer. And now, that thing in the middle. Technology is an amazing thing. Because of laser-based technology, the data transferring speed on the moon is up to 622 megabits. So you can stream high-def movies faster on the moon than you can on Earth. So, maybe someday soon, you can call your internet provider and order the Lunar Broadband Package. If you can ever get them to answer their phone. 
Chris sent us an email. I've been a long-time listener, having heard every episode of the show. I have a habit of not listening for a few weeks so that I can binge multiple episodes throughout my workday. Sadly, by doing this, I just found out today about Haggis, and I had to reach out with my condolences, as well as something that I hope will help. Please see the attached photo of our newest family member, which we have officially dubbed Haggis II, in honor of your dearly departed. I hope to keep the spirit of such a wonderful presence alive and hope that it brings you some some joy to know that you've touched many of us out here in many ways. Well, not in those ways. That would be weird. (coughs) Or maybe not. Jethro is pretty cute. (laughs) And then sent a picture of a cute little poppy. That's really sweet. Thank you, Chris. I, um, I don't, I don't know how to express the feelings inside without it, without them coming out. Um, (laughs) so I'm just going to say, gosh, that's nice. And, and no, and no more. I'm not going to say more about it. All right. Alex wrote to us too. What's up foreigners? (laughs) I just wanted to share with you guys a little something that happened to me a few years back relating to screwing up your balls on a motorcycle. Oh, pictures will do the story justice. So enjoy. Uh, Here's what happened to me after hitting a deer on my motorcycle going 55 miles per hour. I've decided to be nice and not send you the picture of my baby makers after the fact, but I will say they were swollen in purple for about three weeks. Good news, though, is that they still work. My, my wife and I just had our first child six months ago. He's a beautiful, happy, healthy baby boy. I sent you a picture of him as well for enjoyment. Any hoozle, love you guys, and be careful on motorcycles. For real. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price. Priceline. Want to learn how you can make smarter decisions with your money? Well, I've got the podcast for you. I'm Sean Piles, and I host NerdWallet's Smart Money Podcast. On our show, we help listeners like you make the most of your finances. I sit down with NerdWallet's team of nerds, personal finance experts in credit cards, banking, investing, and more, We answer your real-world money questions and break down the latest personal finance news. The Nerds will give you the clarity you need by cutting through the clutter and misinformation in today's world of personal finance. We don't promote get-rich-quick schemes or hype unrealistic side hustles. Instead, we offer practical knowledge that you can apply in your everyday life. You'll learn about strategies to help you build your wealth, invest wisely, shop for financial products, and plan for major life events. And you'll walk away with the confidence you need to ensure that your money is always working as hard as you are. So turn to the nerds to answer your real-world money questions and get insights that can help you make the smartest financial decisions for your life. Listen to NerdWallet's Smart Money Podcast wherever you get your podcasts. The only podcast that has a mad crush on both Rob Lowe and Taylor Swift. I mean, they are both so cute. This is The Box of Oddities. If I asked you to say, who invented the motion picture, what would your guess be? That French guy. 
Well, there were actually a couple of French guys that were involved in uh, in the uh, invention of motion picture. But the person who gets the most credit, of course, is Thomas Edison. Oh, right? did you want me to say Thomas? I can say Thomas Edison. Thomas Edison. I think most people would associate the motion picture with Thomas Edison. Not me, though. I said those French guys. <laughs> this is the curious case of Louis Le Prince. It's a name that many might not recognize, but whose legacy has influenced every film that we watch today. Le Prince was no ordinary guy. He was really a visionary. He was a French artist and an inventor who essentially set the foundation for modern cinematography. It was back in the late uh, 19th century, Le Prince created something extraordinary. He engineered a single lens camera capable of capturing motion on film. We're talking about a device that recorded sequences of moving images years before the likes of Edison or the Lumiere brothers, which I believe was probably the other. That's what I was thinking of. Long before they made their mark. His most famous footage was recorded, and this is considered by many to be the actual very first piece of motion picture ever created. He recorded it in 1888, and it shows people walking around in a garden. A very simple but very groundbreaking piece of footage. It's known as Round uh, Round Hay Garden Scene. It's considered to be the first true motion picture uh, segment ever so made. So cool. And this is 1888, so we could very accurately refer to Le Prince as the great-great-great-great-grandfather of every TikTok and YouTube video ever made, as well as every film in history. So a little time passes, and remember, this is a time of gaslights and top hats and cloaks, and Le Prince is gearing up for something really big. He's planning to go to the UK and then to the US to patent his invention, and he was going to showcase it publicly, essentially to uh, let everybody know, hey, I invented cinema. And again, long before Edison made any claims to it, long before anybody had So he packs his bags and he heads to the train station in Dijon in France. He waves goodbye as he boards the train to Paris and then totally disappears and no one has ever seen or heard from him again. He vanished. What? This took a turn. This is not what I was expecting at all. He did not arrive in Paris. There are no more records, just Just a man gone without a trace. He gets on this train to go do all of these exciting things and then just vaporizes. When someone like Le Prince disappears right before a significant breakthrough, you bet there are going to be some conspiracy theories. Sure. And boy, are there. Here's a couple of them. Number one, foul play by competitors. Sure. Number two, suicide or voluntary disappearance. There's the possibility that uh, he he was facing financial and personal woes and chose to disappear or even end his life. It's a sad thought, uh, but the pressures that he was under were undoubtedly intense at the time. But still, he's about to make this huge breakthrough. Right. Was it an accidental death? Maybe just a tragic accident. Could he have met an untimely end along the journey? Maybe he fell off the train somehow and his body was never found. Then there's another uh, theory, and this one feels a little bit more like it's, uh, I don't know, a bit soap opera-ish. Was family involved? 
Could there have been some kind of a dark family secret leading to his disappearance? It's a theory with a hell of a lot more drama than uh, evidence. So most people have kind of put that aside. Okay. Theft and murder is another one. He was the victim of a, was he the victim of a crime of opportunity? Did someone see a chance to take advantage of an unsuspecting inventor? Or another theory, did he decide to just start over and assume a new identity and live a life away from the limelight and the pressure? Again, seems unlikely considering he just invented motion pictures and he was on this big tour to uh, make sure that he got his patents and he got the credit. Let's circle back to the foul play by competitors theory. Um, and one competitor in particular. Edison. Thomas Edison. It's the theory with the most intrigue. The timeline of events surrounding Le Prince's disappearance and Thomas Edison's subsequent patent of the kinescope indeed raises some eyebrows. Aha. Uh -huh. And here's why. It was 1890, and he was about to publicly demonstrate his moving picture camera in the United States. He was confident in his invention. He had plans to uh, file a patent for it. He was going to showcase it. This was going to establish him as the unequivocal father of cinematography. And again... He disappeared in 1890. Edison applied for a patent for his kinescope in 1891, the very next year after Prince's disappearance. Mm -hmm. Edison had been working on motion picture technology for some time, but his work had not come to the point that Le Prince's had. So the closeness in the timing of Le Prince's planned demonstration and Edison's patent application is often considered more than just a coincidence. It suggests that Edison may have taken advantage of Le Prince's absence to assert dominance in the field, or perhaps there are some even darker theories. Now, the late 19th century was a time of intense innovation and competition, and patent wars were very common, and Edison was known to fiercely be protective of his inventions and patents, or what he claimed were his inventions mm. and patents. The disappearance of a competitor could have been seen as beneficial to Edison's ambitions. Edison later engaged in legal battles in an attempt to control completely the motion picture patents, all of them. In 1898, he filed a lawsuit against American Mutoscope Company claiming infringement. And during these proceedings, evidence regarding Le Prince's prior invention surfaced, which could have threatened Edison's claims. However, the disappearance of Le Prince meant that there was no one to contest Edison's position. Mm -hmm. It's all circumstantial evidence, of course, there is no smoking gun, no documents, testimonies, or physical evidence that could be found to suggest that Edison had a hand in it, but it looks pretty bad. Well, it could have also been not that Edison had a hand in his disappearance, but that someone saw that there was something Edison might be interested in and then offered it to him That's true. for money. Some kind of industrial espionage. Right. Some accounts suggest that witnesses saw the prince in France after he supposedly boarded the train, which could indicate that he never actually made it onto the train. But wasn't he going to France anyway? He, he was, was going, going to, from he, Dijon to Paris, right? To Paris and then to the UK and then to the US, I guess. 
So there is a theory that he never did make it onto the train, or that something happened to him after disembarking along the way. Edison's behavior following Le Prince's disappearance did not indicate any direct involvement. Edison continued his work and publicly did his demonstrations without acknowledging Le Prince's prior achievements or the mystery surrounding his fate. He just didn't even acknowledge it. But he was aware of Le Prince? Yes. Okay. And it's true that Edison's work and patents were frequently challenged and questioned. This wasn't the only time. Mm. One of the most notable disputes revolved around the invention of the telephone. While Alexander Graham Bell was granted a patent for the telephone, Elijah Gray had submitted a caveat for a similar invention on the very same day. And that caveat signaled Gray's intention to file a patent for the art of transmitting vocal sounds or conversations telegraphically through an electric circuit. This scenario uh, sparked a lot of historical speculation. And despite 600 legal battles challenging Bell's patent, the courts consistently ruled in favor of Bell. Edison, who later made significant improvements to the telephone transmitter also found himself embroiled in legal disputes over this as well. Another significant dispute centered around probably the, his most famous invention, the light bulb. Edison's patent for the electric lamp faced legal challenges, and although the patent was initially upheld as valid, it was ultimately invalidated in a higher court. The legal battle surrounding Edison's patents reflected a fierce competition that was going on at this time among inventors. Mm. And then, of course, Edison's famous feud with Tesla, the War of the Currents. Right. ACDC. The coincidences surrounding the timing of Edison's patent and Le Prince's disappearance are indeed curious. And he obviously was involved in, he was accused by others of stealing ideas. Mm. But there's a lack of any concrete, concrete evidence connecting Edison and Le Prince's fate. So it's all just speculative. Historical records do not provide a clear narrative that could indict Edison. So we just don't know the true circumstances of Le Prince's disappearance likely more complex and less sensational than the Edison theory. Mm. But uh, the man himself was still fascinating and the circumstances surrounding his disappearance. It's one of those mysteries from history that remains unsolved that will drive me crazy. <laughs> Until the end of time. Until the end of time. Le Prince was mostly unrecognized for his work, it wasn't until much later that historians began piecing together his rightful place in the history of film. Um, if he hadn't vanished, he probably would have been the father of modern cinematography. Interesting. And today, the mystery of Louis Le Prince remains just that, a mystery. His disappearance is a puzzle, and the problem is the puzzle is missing a lot of pieces, so we can't really put together. We can only speculate what may have happened to Louis Le Prince. I got my information from the National Science and Media Museum blog, the BBC, and the Smithsonian. What do you think happened? I don't like the idea that Edison had him offed. <laughs> um, it does seem suspicious, the timing of things, but I think maybe you're on to something where it could have been a third party right. who did something and stole the, the diagrams and the plans and then sold them in the black market to Thomas Edison, yeah. the highest bidder at the time. That seems pretty likely to me. But they it's, did a good job hiding the body. Well, when you're on a train, you just... Throw Louie from the train. Something like that. Ellen! Ellen!
Just want to take a couple of minutes before we close to thank the newest members of the Order of Freaks. Bobby, Ryan, Elise, Liz, Nicole, Rifen, Martin, Allison, Sheila, and Deborah. Thanks to those who joined us for our Zoom last night. We had so much fun. And thank you for your insight. You are really like a little focus group for yeah. us. It works out really nicely. It does. If you'd like to become a member of the Order of Freaks and support the podcast on Patreon, the link is on our website, theboxofoddities.com. And we'll see you next time. Until then, keep flying that freak flag. And fly it proudly, you beautiful freak. And so, let it be known that the Box of Oddities belongs to you, and its fate is in your hands. Therefore, it's been requested by those to whom I report to beseech you for assistance. We ask but one thing of you, to provide a five-star rating and a positive review. True, that is two things. However, tis merely a five-star rating and a positive review. Also, subscribe to us. Okay, so three things is all we ask. Three things and three things only. Henceforth, the Box of Oddities commits to the telling of stories. Stories of the strange, the bizarre, the unexpected. We wish to offer our deeply felt gratitude and appreciation for your patronage. TheBoxOfOddities.com Copyright 2023. All rights reserved. Mark exhibited all the signs of in. That's lovely. Thank you. But medical professionals, but in most individuals, the levels are far. The symptoms of auto brewery symptom. But medical professional. But medical can. Oh my God. Hello, everyone. Stakuyi here. And I'm Gabby. And we are the hosts of History of Everything, a podcast which you can probably guess by the name is, well, I mean, it's about everything. Do you want to know why people thought potatoes were evil and would give you syphilis? Are you curious about all the stories of the terrible and stupid ways that people have kicked the bucket over the years? Do you want to hear tales about all of the different badasses of history and the lives that they had brought to life? Well, if so, then look no further. History of Everything is just the right podcast for you. It's available on Spotify, Pandora, and anywhere else that you get your podcast from. Join us for some fun and just see how weird and wacky history can be. Do you love history but hate when it's stuffy and boring? Well, look no further and join me, Katie Charlwood, your friend the neighborhood social scientist and reader of books, as I delve into unsolved historical mysteries, murders by gaslight, and of course, Women who have been misrepresented through all time. On Who Did What Now, the history podcast that's not your history class. Listen wherever you get your podcasts.